Welcome to Fundamentals of Chefery. These are personal stories from one chef's perspective. A chef is a person who aligns their actions with their goals. In these stories, I hope to share some examples of goals that I've worked toward, as well as experiences that have shaped my thoughts and attitudes related to my personal projects or cooking. So this story is about the creation of Chef of X comics. So um, this all started at the SPIE conference, which is a scientific conference that I attended back in the at, toward the end of the summer of 2015. And this is the place where I first drew the first image of the Chef of X character. It's a black stick figure character with a weird mohawk and a chef hat floating above the head. And um, this all started, I had just completed two years of undergraduate research in the microelectronics lab of a black college, Tuskegee University, or Ruskegee University as I call it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of weird things about these comics that I kind of want to go over um, in, in going over this origin story. First of all, the comics don't have any um, dialogue. So how are they, and like, in what way are they comical? Well, at one point I did develop characters and had something like dialogue, but I abandoned these as I grew creatively, and I'd like to go over how they evolved. So at the beginning, before I even started the comics, I was a really big fan of this webcomic called XKCD. Um, they call it a webcomic of romance, sarcasm, math, and language on their website. Um, they say the better you are at something, the easier you make it seem, and XKCD was a great example of this. It really motivated me to start comics because I was already living in the scientific world, but to instead of doing the core research, do this commentary on the world or to popularize scientific ideas or ways of thinking was something that I always felt was in my ballpark, and this just seemed like something I could do. Um, so long story short, it, ma it made me want to make comics. Um, but as a side note, I, I just thought that, you know, living off of this was mind-ripping. You know, the, the, the creator, Randall Monroe, gave a TED Talk about answering hypothetical physics questions in comics. And it was like, I don't know, it just seemed really cool that not only could you do something like this, but you could make a living off of something like this. But I wasn't really seriously considering that. I was just saying, you know, it's really cool that this exists. Anyhow, I saw XKCD and I started drawing stuff on my own iPad. And eventually I mustered up the courage to publish and drawing on the iPad started at that SPIE conference. Um, I didn't know how to make a website, so I created an Instagram page based on the name I made up in high school for myself, Chef of X. It basically means one who is both creative and obsessed with technical ideas. I decided to spell out the pronunciation at Chef of X, C-H-E-F-O-F-X, not to be confused with like Chef X or some cooking channel that's, you know, actually about cooking. But um, I wanted to emphasize the mathematical reference, F of X. So I decided the series of images that I would come, come up with would be known as Chef of X Comics because I was inspired by a comic strip, even though later on it turned out to be more of an abstract art series. Um, so the funniest thing about Chef of X comics is not really, they're not really funny to anyone but me. Um, if you understand how I make them, then maybe it could be funny to you. But, um, you know, let's go over what it really is. So 
Uh, it might be at this point helpful if you actually pull up Chef of X Comics, the Instagram page, because I'm going to make a few references to the titles. But um, let's go. Uh, one thing to know is the first version of the comics is basically the current version of the comics. There are a few changes in the middle, but for the most part, the same thing that I was going for at the beginning is what I go for now. They're graphical representations of concepts. The only real difference is back then I focused on putting a title in them, whereas now I don't put a title, description, anything. It's just the image and that's it. So some of the first comics were, um, the titles were Hard Problems, Knowledge Accomplishment, Concept Learning, Coloring, and Simplify. And I consider all of those kind of the, like, one category of comic because it was before I was introducing any characters and they all had the abstract drawing and some title and the title, you know, it's all in the same format. If you look at these really just scroll to the bottom of my Instagram, you'll see these comics with these titles. Um, but the second version is when I introduce characters and these characters are, you know, kind of like that first one I was describing the chef of X character, the stick figure, again, largely inspired by XKCD um, and the Chef of X character was kind of a contemplative, constantly seen laying in the grass thinking. Um, and then the Red Chef character, which originally was the voice of internal conflict for that contemplative. Um, and the Chef of X and Red Chef are both faceless stick figures, and they have the same look. So it's pretty clear that they, they have something in common. Um, and they both have a chef hat floating above their head, and it's the same color as they are. So Chef of X is black, has a black chef hat. Red Chef is red, has a red chef hat. Um, the next generation of comics, uh, or th this same generation, the character generation, includes the comics Sanity Insanity, which doesn't, it doesn't really have a title, but if you're looking at them, you'll, you'll know which one that is. There's the Chef of X is jumping off of a cliff. And then uh, from that one all the way up to Truth Seeking, You'll see a lot of heavy, an attempt at like heavy character development as opposed to the first generation, which were just the abstract scenes. Um, this phase is the closest to actual comics because of the characters, and they have a sort of silent film feel to them, where even though there isn't much dialogue, the action of the characters is, is saying something, and in some of them it actually is supposed to be funny. Like there's one where the character's in a physics class and he's thinking about skateboarding. So it's like, oh, he's doing the wrong thing. There's something out of place. Ah, that's kind of funny. But, um, you know, the closest thing to, to dialogue is like Garfield, just thoughts. Um, also, I'd like to highlight that two comics from that generation are Drag Force and Red Chef. Drag Force, to me, is the most direct imitation of XKCD that I've ever done. And it's the only time I ever did that because I quickly realized that was not my style. So there's a picture of the Chef of X riding a bike, and almost like a wind tunnel, there's air going over his head in this particular pattern. And then there's a literal you know, uh, physics equation written into the comic. It's the drag force equation, F of D, F sub D equals half rho V squared C sub D times A, which deals with the density of the fluid is rho, velocity relative to the fluid, is V, the drag coefficient is C sub D, the cross-sectional area of the front of the object is A, and then F sub D is the drag force. So this was something that was literally like stick figures, math, uh, character in action, 
you know, you know, somewhat diagrammy. Uh, that was like a direct copy of XKCD. But then again, I, you know, I move forward from that. But it was an interesting thing, you know, seeing that I know I was inspired by a certain thing to look back and actually find something that seems like it could actually be in that other strip. And then um, the other one, the Red Chef, is interesting just because what came of it was so much more than what I expected. It really was like a one-off image when I first wrote it, but because of the way events happened in my life, Red Chef ended up becoming a huge thing. Like, first of all, it started off as self-doubt of the main character, so like an internal voice. But after a while, I started thinking, well, what if it was just a second being, like an artist, a second character in and of itself? Then this further developed into a concept, an element of human nature, improvisation, which isn't even a, a, a real character on its own. It's just, it, represent, it represents this idea. And in that version, the chef of X would represent logic, the idea of logic and not even a person. Um, these aren't specific to anyone, but a part of everyone. Um, but the next biggest thing, those, those things, you know, the, the self-doubt versus the artist versus improvisation, those were all within the comics. But outside of the comics, Red Chef became the name that I went, that I use under my hip hop music. So when I uploaded to SoundCloud, my first mixtape, I had to have like some kind of a name. I didn't have a rapper's name, but I didn't want it to be Chef of X because I had always associated that with like, more of my contemplative work. And I didn't really consider a lot of my hip-hop music, rap music, as the same, coming from the same place. So uh, I thought, hey, perfect, I'll take this character from the comics, and just, that'll be the hip-hop version. And it actually fits, because a lot of the things that I feel like I'm thinking, saying, or doing in hip-hop music are things that I would hesitate to do in my regular life. So it kind of aligns with that original idea of self-doubt except it's the things that you would doubt in their full form if that makes sense so i don't know i, I it's it's almost like an internal self that's fully out um that you wouldn't really represent most of the time but yeah anyhow red chef became more than what i expected so yeah there's the copy there's a direct imitation and then there's the red chef and the Red Chef stuff is still very experimental, but it was very interesting that those things extended beyond the normal uh, comics, the other comics. Okay, now I want to go into a little bit about how I create comics by telling a story from one of the early comics. Um, let me see. I think it's called uh, Frequency Filter. That's what it's called. Yeah, Frequency Filter. So... Um, when I was at Tuskegee University, <laughs> one of the events that would happen at this university is uh, we would have this event called Fried Chicken Wednesday. And it's exactly as it sounds. Uh, every Wednesday, people would come together. They'd go to the cafeteria to enjoy some fried chicken. Now, keep in mind, this is a black college, so this just adds kind of an extra layer to the whole thing. But, you know, as far as trying to avoid stereotypical behavior. I think this was a massive failure. But it was a it was an event that most people liked. So, you know, it was what it was. And at Fried Chicken Wednesday, I was waiting in line, and I started to think about the nature of, like, 
how people arrange themselves when they're in a cafeteria versus when they're not in a cafeteria. And I realized that when you're waiting in line, there's a certain amount of randomness that forces you to be around people that you wouldn't normally, you wouldn't choose to be around. Whereas when you go in, you know, because of clicks, because of friends, many other reasons, um, you end up filtering yourself into these different arrangements and, you know, that's how you associate with people. However, from a dimensional perspective, when you're waiting in line, the only dimension that really matters is time, for the most part, right, in an ideal line. Um, when you show up determines which place in line you have. But when you're in the cafeteria, the dimension that you're using to filter yourself, at least if you were to take a picture um, from a bird's eye view, would be the two dimensions of the, the ground of the cafeteria. Right, So where, if the cafeteria was a grid, where do you sit on this grid? Um, so there's kind of like the 1D to the 2D. Furthermore, everyone has a real social graph. And um, there are a number of people within that graph, and each of them have a relationship to each other. But if you were to represent an actual social graph, it would be much larger than two dimensions most of the time. So there's kind of a compression from the social graph to the actual grid of the cafeteria, and then furthermore from the grid of the cafeteria to the time-compressed line that determines when you actually get to enter the cafeteria. And um, I thought it was kind of bizarre that even though we're in this event to be around each other, we're actually around a much more diverse group of people when we're waiting to get into the event than we are when we're enjoying the event. Because we, yeah, just because of that kind of compression thing. So, uh, because of that, I made frequency filter. So hopefully, you know, if you look at it, it would be easier. But even if you're not looking at it, it's just a set of dots of different colors in a line. And then there's a dividing line. And then those dots of the same color are all making separate lines at the end. So there's one line. I think there are three colors, but there's one line of different colors. And then there's a line. <laughs> saying, okay, at this point, things are going to be different, almost like that's the, the point where you're into the cafeteria. And now there's a separation based off of color. It's saying all the blues go here, all the greens go here. Well, actually, let me pull this up. But the point is, there is a very abstract representation of a real-life event that is so abstract, there's almost no information about the real-life event in the representation. And this method of creating the comics is my favorite method. I've been doing it since, you know, almost the beginning. And it's still what I continue to do to this day, except I don't put the titles anymore. So it might be harder to find them. But uh, I think it's important to understand this process because it really is autobiographical and it really is encoded. And this is very different from simply doing things for aesthetic appeal or, you know, doing things that are, that are so random that they have nothing to do with your day to day life. Uh, for me, the comics are really an expressive medium to talk about things that either bother me or interest me in my life. In this case, fried chicken Wednesday and the phenomenon of who you get to hang out with at the time, was interesting enough that it drove me to make this comic, and this is the nature in which I make them to this day. So uh, I, I think um, 
there's actually an example of a, a, a new comic that I think I just made within the last month. Um, I call it Gold Box, but if you think of the name and look at the newest comics right now, yeah, if you look at the ones within the you know the first nine of my Instagram, I don't post that often. Uh, you'll see the one of them that has kind of a box and there's yellow dots in it. That's Gold Box, and that one literally came from an argument I had with this chick that was I don't know what we were even arguing about, but. Um, it literally came from an, we had an argument. Then I thought about, okay, what is it that we're not, that, you know, isn't making it through here? And then on top of that, how do I represent that kind of thought experiment that I just had after the argument graphically? And to me, this whole challenge of trying to represent one type of information in another form is the beauty of making the comics. And then also, if I can make them look nice, then it's also nice to look at. But it's more of the output of a thought process than anything else. Okay, so um, that's basically, that's one example. Those are two examples of how I used to make the comics, how that continues to this day. Basically the same thing, but I don't use titles. And I want to briefly mention um, some of the stages of the comics in between those two time periods. So the very recent, like the last month. And then one of the earliest comics, Frequency Filter. So, um, you know, after I after the SPIE conference, after the first drawing, I'd already been obsessed with XKCD. I, I started my senior year in college, and I started the comics. So those kind of started at the same time. Um, but for those who don't know, my life went through a drastic change soon thereafter. Um, I went through a psychotic break while in school which included extreme deja vu, hearing voices, amongst other hallucinations, multiple delusions. Um, I was ultimately motivated to suddenly leave school. I moved to San Francisco, got involved in crime. I was arrested one month after I left school for a car theft and spent the next year incarcerated where I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and began receiving mental health treatment. Um, I'd been a student my whole life, so this was a pretty drastic change for me. And not to mention, my brain was melting. Um, but yeah, this definitely affected all of my work in some way, including Chef of X Comics. Um, but there were three way, main ways that it affected the comics. Um, you know, there was a, there was a break in the posts, obviously. You know, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no Instagram in jail. Um, I introduced the sheep character, which again turned out to be, a really big deal down the line and the quality of the art kind of decreased for a while um, due to the fact that yeah well we'll get into that so the first thing yeah <laughs> why, was, why was there a break in the posting um, phones are considered contraband uh, you can stick a smartphone in your ass maybe and get one into a jail but you know good luck charging it and all that it's just not a good idea um, but the creation of the sheep this was probably the most profound thing that came of this whole madness. Um, I only made a few comics in jail, but I did spend a lot of time thinking about this new character and how it would relate to the old ones, the Chef of X and the Red Chef. The rough idea was to have an anti-chef, but it grew to mean much more than that. Um, in the comics, the sheep looks like a large cloud-shaped head 
made of multiple circles surrounding a center, almost like a flower, uh, and a stick figure body. It's the only character with a face. It has large eyes and a pointed nose with no mouth. It doesn't speak in the comics, and it's often a butt of the jokes. Most of the time, I just draw the head. I don't even draw the body. Um, Yet, I use the sheep as a general brand logo, and it's currently the podcast artwork. Why? Well, people like to think think of things in black and white terms, good and bad, but the sheep represents a nuanced idea about excellence and awareness. So, to be a sheep with respect to a goal... This literally means the lack of progress toward that goal within a period of time that's dependent on that goal. So that lack of progress may sound negative. However, I found that the recognition of oneself as a sheep is a necessary step to eventually becoming a chef. For example, I tutored math for a couple of years in community college. I found that the students who progressed the farthest were the ones who were interested in discovering their mistakes faster. Sometimes knowing that you're bad is the first step to becoming good. If being a chef is good, then being a sheep must also be good at some points in time, or at least recognizing that you haven't made progress in a specific area is good at some points in time. This is kind of like the temporary sheep position, which deals mostly with progressing toward excellence in an isolated discipline. This is one reason, this position is one reason why it's good to be a sheep, right? Because it's a temporary step that you must go through to becoming a chef. But in addition to that, remaining a sheep forever is also good in some context. Consider the philosophical quote, those who know, know they know nothing at all. I think the chef equivalent of this is, those who cook know how little they've cooked. Not only are these things that I have not done, Not only are there things that I have not done, there are an infinite number of those things that I will never do. And this is another way that I view the sheep today, the permanent sheep position, which deals mostly with the awareness of the unexplored possibilities in one's life. It's an insight into reality that's humbling and motivating. In my day-to-day life, I find that I'm the most comfortable viewing myself as a sheep while still cooking like a chef. But that's just me. Um, the last way that, you know, the comics were affected by my madness is uh, I had to create all the... I created all the original comics on the same iPad with the same app. And I was arrested with my backpack on. And when I was released, they didn't have, the, they didn't have it with my property, like my clothes and my shoes. Um, but I knew that they did have my stuff. Because I remember the cop who arrested me opening my computer in front of me and being upset about it. I was in the San Jose main jail handcuffed as he searched through my stuff and he turned the screen toward me. He's like, uh, what the hell is this? And he's pointing at the code on my computer. And I'm like, it's, it's just code. I make robots. But I don't think he believed me. Um, anyhow, you know, he might have thought I was a hacker or something, but it was just the Arduino IDE. But I knew that he had my computer because I remember that moment. So, or someone in the system had it. So a year later when I was released, I was told, oh yeah, go over on the block, hit a right, hit a left, knock on some door of the government building, and uh, that's where they store the large property for the inmates. But when I followed those directions, they just said they never had my stuff to begin with. So I ended up getting an old iPhone, 
and just continued making comics on that device. But it's not the same. Like there's not as much space to draw. Um, you know, I was using the notepad for a while for some reason, so that wasn't good. And, uh, you know, it, they took a brief dip. The comics took a brief dip in production because of all of that. And, you know, I, I honestly, I felt robbed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, where's my, you know, where's my iPad? But at the same time, uh, you know, I was glad to be free. So what can I complain about? So I just felt like, you know what, I'll just keep cooking. Like, I'll figure out how I can keep this thing going. But eventually I got a two-in-one computer and vector programs and layer support. So I don't deal with any of that anymore. Um, the only new thing I've done is I started adding in more LaTeX typesetting to the comics. Um, I already use it for the Grand Unified Theory, for the math papers, and for uh, all of my lyrics are written in LaTeX. But um, for my Red Chef music, but I started adding in a little bit more of that to the comics. Um, so that's cool. But otherwise, I just use the same process I was using back in Ruskiki at Fried Chicken Wednesday. There's like nothing. It's literally just a continuation over years. Like that was in 2015. So, I mean, that's something. Take out a year. That's, that's still like four years of the comics. Um, it's just life events and concepts abstracted. Um, no titles, no descriptions. I feel like that's tacky for my current taste. Um, and also it's nice leaving a lot of them as a mystery. So anyhow, from XKCD to the SPIE conference, uh, fried chicken Wednesdays to my psychotic break, um, the chefs to the sheep. That's how I cooked up chef of X comics. It's still one of my favorite mediums of expression. It's pure. I can be uncompromising. It's hard for anyone to get butt hurt or hate on them. So that's the plus. Um, and I love the quality of the images and the thoughts behind them. I'm honestly glad that at least some other people seem to enjoy them because they're intrinsically valuable, uh, to me at least. Also, um, if I get in an argument with you and a Chef of X comic comes out the next day, it is about you. On that note, chefs, keep cooking. Okay, it's time for the music um, I'd like to play music at the end of these fundamental of chefery episodes. I don't have the most important question in the universe. So, um, anyhow, I didn't make any comics in jail, but I did write a lot of hip hop music bars. I took the best 16 of 31 songs I wrote an iPhone and free audio editing software to make my first mixtape soon after I was released. I did most of my time in a correctional facility in San Jose called Elmwood. So I named the mixtape. Elmwood Recipes. While most songs on this mixtape are about my jail or psychotic experiences, the song I'm going to share with you today is about my life at Ruskigi, the life I was living when I started Chef of X Comics. I go over details of photolithography and reference my internship experiences at NASA and Chevron. I end the song by contrasting those past experiences with the present ones at the time, selling bread bags and doing push-ups in jail. I think this song is beautiful because it's written from my memory and still holds its accuracy. I perform the song over the beat from Big Papa by Biggie Smalls. Without further ado, this is Thin Films from Elmwood Recipes. I hope you enjoy.
making thin films was a trip Cut the silicon chip with the diamond tip Whip up the RCA mix on a hot plate When it reaches the right temp Dip the chip for two minutes Then a quick BOE dip Just to knock off the thin oxide lip Time to really start the photo lift Put the chip on the spin coder Get the photo resist out of the fridge Remember when you drop your first drip Fasten your mask Breathing too much of this can kill your kids UV exposure then an acetone cleanse Now it's ready for a thin coat of elements Place the sample in the chamber Check the targets, the gas tanks and all your papers Clean the lab Pour the solutions in the bottles Dress down, plan for the experiment tomorrow Temperature, pressure and power DC or AC Tune and load adjustments take 15 minutes at least Small clean room in the Alabama heat Lab coat on, sweat dripping down the sleeves Four hours past the pump down, it's probably finished The pressure looks right, twist knobs and flip switches Cut the sample rotation rate and gas flow Cut the lights, check the chamber, where's no further plasma glow Then it's a go, open gun and start the timer Fill that time as we desire Come back, shut down the gas tanks and DI water we're running out of gloves even faster as it gets hotter Outreach every few weeks Encouraging the next generation of geeks I mean that as a compliment Got me to conferences on a beach suite meeting PhDs Or on a boat trip to the bay Meals like the internship, they're all paid Use the whip for anything on your workday If something breaks, let us know, it'll get replaced See that lady in the blue? She's been to space SLS gimbal test where we stood yesterday Fine dining in New Orleans, there's wine in my plate It ain't even Mardi Gras, every day's a parade Only way I made it was to stay on my grades Still play with the numbers when it comes to bread bags and trays Count reps and sets in my driveway And count down the days till my release date I'm on my way